Now, I hope you all got a handout when you came in. Uh, if you don't, raise your hand and we have some extra copies. It's called Know Who You Are in Him. I've had this for years and years and years. It has no name on it, so I figured I could copy it. <laughs> I don't take credit for it. But the reason I want you each one to have one is because at the end, we're going to go over these together. Now you see there's 40 on here. Well, I cannot speak on all 40 of these because you know me. I will make it. If it has 10 words, I'll make it say 100. <laughs> and I don't suppose you want to be here till tonight? <laughs> oh, well, praise Lord. Anyway, my title today is Who or Know Who You Are in Christ. We need to know who we are. You know, as we're, we get born again, we... Little by little, we learn more and more about who we are in Christ. <clears throat> but it is absolutely imperative to be born again and know who we are in Christ in order to understand the scriptures. If you want to be able to interpret the scriptures and know the scriptures, what they mean, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to draw you and become born again before he can reveal these scriptures to you. And to grow up in Christ, we need to know the word, right? So God doesn't expect us when we're first born again to know everything. You expect a baby to know everything? <laughs> it takes time, doesn't it? Thank God for his mercy, right? So, until our spiritual man or being has become born again, we are spiritually dead. He said, but I got a body, I'm walking around. Well, we're talking about our inward man, our spiritual man, and we'll talk more about that as we go along. Even a child uh, who does not know the difference between right and wrong He'll always choose what's wrong, usually. Don't you see a little one? A little one? If you say, no, don't do that, what are they going to do? They're going to do that. They're going to see if you really mean it. Okay. So, even when we comprehend right from wrong, we're going to test those boundaries, aren't we? Just how much can I get away with? and not be caught. And if I'm caught, well, am I sorry for being caught? Or am I really sorry that I did what was wrong? Well, now how come all of this came about? Because we see that, that it, we have this propensity to go towards what's wrong, right away it shows us that there is a kingdom of Satan. And he's our father before we get born again. He has a hold on us. 
We're born into his kingdom. And all of that happened because of Adam's sin, right? Because Adam sinned, we automatically choose sin or death. Because of sin, all men die. And we, become se- we are separated from God. So, first of all, we're going to turn to Romans 5, starting at verse 12. And I don't have the, that back there, so today you'll have to put up with me flipping. <laughs> Unless I do this. but you guys got the advantage okay okay so chapter 5 verse 12 and we're going to go down through verse 15 and I recommend you open your Bibles and look therefore just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin Thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. In other words, without the law, the sin that you would do, it's not counted against you. But nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. So even though the sin may not be counted against you, death was still running rampant in the earth. Even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. Just because we don't do exactly the same sin that Adam did, we're still in that kingdom of darkness. And this Adam, who is a type of him, or Jesus, who was to come. Adam sinned, but Jesus didn't. That makes a difference. So Adam's the type of Jesus. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man Jesus Christ abounded to many. So just because our first father messed up and got us into this situation that we see in the world today, doesn't mean there's no hope, right? Because God had a plan. He he knew, you see, he made man to have a free choice. And if man didn't have a free choice, then he wouldn't be like God. God has a choice, right? God can choose to make this, do that. And he made us in his image. Why did he make us in his image? Well, before we think about that, I wanted to bring up the fact that without the law, we would not know what sin was or what displeased God. How, how can we have fellowship with someone if we don't know what gets them upset, right? If you know something about a person and you know such and such a 
action causes them to be upset, if you truly love them, will you do that action? Or will you try to avoid that action? Sometimes it's just the way we look at somebody or the words that we say. They can tell what you mean without ever saying a word. Well, I don't know what got me off on that. <laughs> but, huh? Spirit. It must be. <laughs> it's not my notes. <laughs> then I get lost in my notes. Okay, Lord, where now? <laughs> but that sin caused this separation between us and God. And let's look... Let's see, no. I, I was going to recommend, this is what I was going to recommend, for you to truly understand all of this section that we read in 5, 12 to 15, that you read the rest of the chapter, verse 21, uh, up, up to verse 21 there. Uh, because I don't have time to teach everything, and that isn't really where I, my main focus is going, okay? But God intended all along to draw us unto himself with his love. That's why he created man. He wanted us to fellowship with him. We hear in the Garden of Eden, he would come and he would walk with Adam and Eve and he'd talk with them and fellowship with them. That's what he wanted. And we're made in his image. So we need fellowship one with another and we need fellowship with God. We can't really fellowship with our dog. <laughs> He's not made in our image, right? He doesn't have a spirit like we do. Uh, we can, he can give us affection and we can be happy to see him wag his tail when we come in the door. <laughs> I have a dog, so I talk about dogs. But that does not take the place of a relationship with another human being or with God. People get very lonely, whether they admit it or not, if they don't have a relationship with somebody. And see, God, when he created us in his image, he created this little spot in us just for himself. And if we're not allowing him to fill that spot, we have a great void, and we're always looking for something to fill it up. We'll try this, we'll try that. Do this, do that. All the things that the world has to offer, we'll try it just to take up that void that's in there. <laughs> but God's got one up on us because <laughs> he knows nothing can fill that spot but him. But Satan's jealous. He wants to fill that spot, right? Ah. Well, look in... Genesis 1, I wanted to back that up, that image. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. 
See, I can be up here and I can say a lot of things, but if the word doesn't back it up, then how do you know it's true? Because this is God's word to us. Amen? Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. We're supposed to rule and reign, right? We're supposed to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Take control over the things on the earth. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You know what's missing here? He didn't say to have control over other human beings. Amen? Can I get a response, a good response from that one? Now, every nation that has tried to be a dictatorship, what, ha what ends up happening? <laughs> Somebody comes along and takes them out. <laughs> Why? Because we don't want to be ruled by somebody else, right? It's in our nature. God has only created that spot for himself. So we should never allow someone to rule and dominate us. Now, it's different, like when you're being submissive to someone, like your boss at work, and they're giving you a paycheck, right? They're paying you to do what they want you to do. So during that time, you're submissive to them. But when you go home, you don't let them tell you what to do at home, do you? <laughs> You're in trouble if you do. <laughs> you got no life of your own. <laughs> uh, God wanted us to be free. He sent Jesus so that we could be free. Free, free in him. Even though we are his servants, he never is demanding. He loves us. He wants to help us. And the only reason that he gives us a plan for our lives is because he knows what's going to work best for us. Not because he's trying to lord it over us. Huh. So, as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? They ran and hid. They hid themselves from the presence of God, separating themselves then God had to actually drive them out of the Garden of Eden. Why was that? That was so that Adam and Eve would not eat of the tree of life. And then they would live forever being separated from God. They would always be in Satan's kingdom. No hope for getting out. But God had a plan that he would free us from Satan's kingdom. He sent a redeemer. 
Jesus Christ, so that his life could be put into us, into man, and that we could be born again into the kingdom of God. Amen? But we still have a choice. He's provided all of it, but we choose. See, we're still in his image. We have the right to reject and say, no, I think I'm fine just right where I am. I, I can do what I want anytime I want to. I can live up, be happy. What's, what's the saying? Um, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you'll die. <laughs> oh, my. If people really knew what that meant. No. They're not really being happy because when they wake up the next morning, it doesn't feel so good. There's still that emptiness. There's still that void. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans is the book that I really wanted to be in today. We're going to read verses 1 and 2 first. Now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. So there's no condemnation if you're walking in the Spirit. Well, Satan used to come along and try to condemn me even with this verse. He says, oh, but you're not living in the spirit. Look at that mistake you made. And so, of course, I'm, oh, God, I'm just not worthy. <sighs> we'll get to more of that, okay? <laughs> uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> but the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That means I don't have to do what the devil wants me to do anymore. I have a choice to say no. By the name of Jesus, I refuse. By the blood of Jesus, I cover myself. He paid it all. He took care of it. He justified me. Amen? Amen. So, <clears throat> the flesh that it's talking about here is Satan's kingdom. The law of the Spirit equals law, uh, life in Christ, his kingdom. Remember, we are a spirit. <laughs> we have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we live in a body. <laughs> this earth suit. Amen? Amen? This thing that we walk around in, that we look at. It seems so real. Well, yeah, it's real in the flesh. But who am I? Am I what makes up this body? Or am I a spirit that dwells within? That's who we are. That's where life and death takes place, is in our spirit. And when we're born again, it's our spirit. 
that gets born again. Amen? It's brand new. It has no past. God says that he forgets all about our previous life, our sins, the sins, the things that, that uh, held us in that kingdom of Satan. But we're just like this brand new baby. That's why God can look at us and see nothing else but the life that he created us to be. Romans 12, 2. It's just a couple pages over. I'd like you to look there if you can at these scriptures. We're going to go back and for, we're going to go back to Romans 8, but we're sticking this in, you know, when you're eating food, you know, there may be one thing that you really like and maybe these vegetables you don't really care for, but every now and then you take a little bite. Well, you can look at the scriptures like that. Not that I'm saying this is like that. <laughs> but I'm just getting you to see we can interject some other things along the way. Verse 2 is the one we're going to look at first. 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So God is telling us to do something with this body that he gave us. If, if this was the real us, he wouldn't be talking this way about doing something with our mind. Because, you know, he would just tell us, okay, you do this, you do that. But it tells us to renew our mind our mind is what remembers the past. Our mind is what Satan can use to bring up memories. Oh, remember what you did. Remember what you did. Even after you've been saved, if you did something wrong, if you repented of it, God's forgotten it. But Satan hasn't. <laughs> He's going to remind you. He's going to try to keep you from being effective and following the plan God has for your life. So, when we're remembering things like that, no, it's not from God. So, what do we do with it? We cast it down. We don't choose to dwell on the things that Satan brings up to us. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you... Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's not unreasonable for us to try to take care of our bodies. Even though they're our flesh, they're, they're what gets us around in this life. If we don't take care of our bodies, we end up dying before our time, don't we? We end up not fulfilling God's plan for our life because we're not taking care of, of what he's given us to house us so that we can be on this earth. He's not on this earth anymore, right? He's coming again, but he's not here except 
in us. We're the ones that's supposed to go about and do what God has called us to do to fulfill his plan. So if we're not doing it, he's not able to do it, right? So we're tying God's hands if we're not fulfilling our purpose. And if he really wants to get something done, he has to go find somebody else because no, I'm just going to sit on my hands. I feel protected in my little house. I'm not going to get out there and I'm not going to say anything so nobody will shout at me or get mad at me. God wants us to be a witness for him, right? By how we live, how we go about our life. And when they're at work, they want to have a big old party and they want you to come and do all the things that they do. You just say, no, thank you. I have another engagement to go to. <laughs> Maybe it's just to spend time with the Lord, eh? Amen. So, <clears throat> let's go back to chapter 8. We're going to pick up at verse 3. <clears throat> I like reading a lot of scripture because that's his word, right? Doesn't do you good for me just to say a lot of words. But his word, we want to come alive in us. <clears throat> so we're sitting down for this meal here. Verse 3. Remember we were talking about the law of sin and death? The law showed us what sin is, what displeased God. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Stop there a moment. <clears throat> God gave us the law so we could see. But it also showed us that in our human flesh, we could not keep all of the law because of our nature. Our nature was not changed when the law came. Man's works were trying to get him in good with God. In other words, God, you'll be happy with me if I do this, 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 this. And then if I miss something, oh, okay, back again to sacrifice a poor animal for what I did wrong so that I could be in good standing with God again <clears throat> until the next time I make a mistake. But God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In other words, what we couldn't do, he did. He proved that it was possible to live in this flesh and not sin. He didn't do it because he was God, because we know he put aside, he laid aside his Godhead in order to be a man just like you and I. But he kept his focus on his purpose. He knew what his purpose was. And that was to remain sinless 
so that he could go to the cross and die for us, for our sins. So he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally or fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you want peace, this tells you how to. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. The carnal mind is still being drawn by Satan. Satan attacks us through our mind. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. In other words, those that are not born again cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. This used to be really confusing for me. Now, wait a minute. If I sin, I'm in the flesh. But here he says, I'm not in the flesh. <laughs> but I'm in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, that little place that's reserved for God, if we've invited him into our heart, we're changed. That spirit does not want to sin against God. Because the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. He doesn't belong to God. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. In other words, when we do something wrong, our body just kind of goes along with it. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Where do we get our righteousness? Nobody here knows. <laughs> okay. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Hey, there's hope for our bodies too. Amen? <laughs> God didn't forget our bodies. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Who through his spirit dwells in you. <laughs> you know what? He enables us. He helps us. Before we didn't have that. We were trying to do things on our own. Now if we want to do something to control this body, we just ask for the Lord's help. Amen? He helps us day by day as we focus on him and come to him and say, Lord, I need help in this area. Help me keep my mouth shut. <laughs> help me not to say the wrong thing. Help me speak words of love. Help me to express your love. <laughs> He's there to help us, huh? Because God is love. He's inside us. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God.
All right, I think we're at verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Okay? Our bodies are mortal. If we live according to the things of the flesh, our bodies will die quicker than they should. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now the verse, I shall live and not die. Oh, that's a good one. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. See, God wants to lead us. He doesn't want to push us and shove us. He won't. That's Satan's job. Satan will push you. He'll push you. God wants to just lead us. We are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We're adopted by the King of kings, Lord of lords. We're in his family. He loves us so much. God the Father sent Jesus to give his life because he loved us so much. He wanted us to come back into his kingdom. He wanted to fellowship with us. He wanted that unity with us. He wanted his plan to go forth, but he won't force it on anybody. We have that choice. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If ever you've messed up, all you have to go and do is ask his forgiveness. And he just quickly reassures you, you're my kid, I know. I'm here to help you. I forgive you. I won't bring it up again. Because he forgets it. And if children, then we are heirs. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Remember I said something about being afraid to let, to speak out or what somebody might say to us. That's what suffering is. It's not this physical suffering that some people want you to believe. Oh, we're gonna suffer for Jesus' sake. I'm gonna be sick, I'm gonna do that. No, he's not talking about that. That does not bring any glory to God. But if people are trying to torment you because of your witness for Jesus, guess what? He's going to make you stronger and you just don't care what they say because they can't hurt you. Amen? Because God is our provider. He provides for all of our needs. So what if you got fired? As long as you were doing what you were paid to do, if they fire you because you let it be known that you're a Christian, wow, that is suffering for Christ. But guess what? God will get you a better one. <laughs> He'll do something better for you. Amen? 
He won't let Satan win. Satan can't win. Okay. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. He bears witness with our spirit, not our minds. Sometimes we can be in doubt with our minds because Satan throws in thoughts to our minds. Our acts in the flesh will cause condemnation and open the door for Satan to work havoc in our lives, in our bodies, and in our souls. But he can't do anything to our spirit. Amen? So we need to be quick to repent and get back in fellowship with our Lord. So our soul is the deciding factor. Our mind, will, and emotions. That's what decides which side we choose to be on. Where will we let, will we follow after our spirit man who's born again in Christ? Or are we going to listen to our fleshly bodies? Oh, I'm tired today. I'm not going to go to church. Oh, I don't feel too well. I think I'll just stay home. They don't really need me at work. I'll, I just won't go. I'll, I'll call in sick. But you know, when we do things like that, we're allowing our fleshly bodies to side in with the thoughts that Satan gives us. It gives more power to that. But we can rise up. If we know who we are in Christ, we can rise up and say, no way. I'm not letting this come and control me and take over my life and tell me how to live. I'm siding with the Word of God. I'm putting the Word of God in me and renewing my mind so that God and I together will be stronger than anything that Satan can bring against us. So what do we choose to be ruled by? So how do we do this? By renewing our minds. Amen? What does God say about us? We daily renew our minds with the word of God so that our spirit man will have supremacy instead of our fleshly desires. Once we are born again, like I said, Satan, he can only attack us. He can only attack us from the outside. Our bodies, he'll throw thoughts in our minds. But he can't come into our spirit, man. Because we have a choice. Once we are born again, we have the power of God living within us. There, Satan has... he. He's no match against God. But we can protect our minds and our emotions by choosing to put the word of God into us. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? When Jesus was tempted, what did he use? He used the word. And that's what we are supposed to do. We're supposed to be like Jesus. It'll give life to our bodies and it'll keep us well. 
Satan is constantly on the attack. We live in his world, his dominion right now. But 1 John 4, 4 tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome. Have we overcome? Yes, because he's in us. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. It's our choice whether we let Satan dominate us or God dominate us. And we do not fear because he said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. That promise is in Hebrews 13, so we're going to turn over there. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, I'm going to read. Now let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me? He can't do anything, can he? So, you all have your papers?